And I couldn't find it anywhere. Did you try retracing your steps? Yes, of course I tried retracing my steps. I looked at my desk where I'd been working on the computer, and I even checked the lavatory. But the wily little thing just didn't turn up. Yeah, I remember I lost my ID back in college. I think it slipped out of my tracksuit pocket in Psych 201. Had to go to the DMV by Fig. Figueroa, to be precise. Oof. Oh, Nelly. Three letters you don't want to hear one after another. I had an appointment, so it wasn't much skin or sweat. What, what do they say? Like skin or sweat off my back? Well, luckily I ended up finding mine. Naturally, it happened just when I stopped looking. I was taking a nap and it fell flat on my face. Ow! Was your kitty playing a trick? Eh, not too much. She's gotten less playful in recent years. Factor of age, I suppose. Yeah, kitties really do grow up. They become cats and eventually corpses. Or is it carcasses? Uh, Maybe corpses who become carcasses? Eh, it's all good. I usually just pick whichever one suits my mood at the time. One of the best things you can do to a corpse is just burn it immediately, especially if it's fresh. I don't have a place to do that. When a new cadaver appears on the horizon, I usually have to go to a facility. And that requires me hopping on the 5 to the 134, passing through Glendale, Atwater Village, and Chavez Ravine. Chavez Ravine. Luckily, I usually make an appointment, so it's rarely a hassle by the time I get there. I've heard your story about the DMV before. I've heard it a lot from you. So, yeah, I've learned from the story to make appointments, and I've actually gotten pretty good at it. Well, I'm glad some of my strengths are rubbing off on you. You can just burn the corpse pretty much wherever you are, though. Just seriously burn it as soon as possible, because this is one of the best things you can do for the dead. That way they know not to linger and try and hang around the body. Just be sure you don't try to burn it with a white lighter. Well, that only applies to dead stoners. Yep. The white lighter curse, or white lighter myth, arose when several white lighters were found in the pockets of those 27-year-old corpses. I remember it. Joplin pocketed a white lighter soon before turning 27. Things didn't end too good. She, Hendrix, and Cobain all actually stopped producing music shortly after securing a white lighter. Actually, Snopes did an interesting piece on this recently. While no one denies that these talented artists did indeed become corpses, the chances that legit white lighters were found in their pockets is practically nil. The article noted that Bick did not begin producing white disposable lighters until several years after the deaths of Hendrix, Joplin, and Morrison, and that disposable lighters produced by other companies were not widely available at that time. However, the artist certainly could have taken the paint or sticker color off, resulting in the white lighters found in their pockets. It's a simple matter to peel off the paint using just a long fingernail or some keys. I do this all the time. Oh, crap! Are we recording? What the? Uh, what were we even talking about? Mm, I, nothing crazy. Just You lost your ID, 
kitties and the white lighter curse or myth. I, I, uh, well, let's just get into it then. Episode 5. I can't believe we've already been doing this a few weeks now. Yep. And we've interviewed a decent amount of people by now. Sasha Spielberg, Bridie Elliott, Derek Estevez Olsen, Michael Daddario. In this episode, we actually have Mitch Grassi. Yep. And then in future episodes, we'll have different guests. We went over some of the analytics in the last episode. Obviously, those numbers have changed since then, but there's no reason to go over that each episode, or we'd risk wasting the viewer's time, or the listener's time. Boring everyone to tears. And we're entertainers, primarily. Yeah, primarily we're entertainers. So even if we're talking about something rather conventional, we at least find an interesting way of putting it. That's right, Matthew. We always try and think of funny or innovative ways to convey information. It seems so boring being like every other face in the crowd. So that's why, for the following announcement, we're auto-tuning our voices. That way the information stands out and is really quite memorable. I am pleased to announce that Those Timeless Creatives is actually releasing a flick. Yup. After four years of perspiration and attention to detail, TTC is actually bringing out a flick of significant length. It's not a short film. It's feature length. I think. It's hard to say. It's longer than anything we've done before. Clocking in at 32 minutes, our flick will be available to stream on Eternal Family for all subscribers. It will be up in May. That's right. May. On Eternal Family. family. It's really not like anything we've released before. It's sort of its own breed, shall we say. Certainly an interesting movie and should appeal to fans of our work. We're also excited to celebrate this occasion, along with our 100th rating on Apple Podcasts. We're currently at 74 ratings at the time of this recording. When we hit 100, we're going to have a giant party on Zoom. 
Due to contemporary circumstances, we obviously can't have a big kickback IRL or whatever, but we'll be having a 90s themed party on Zoom. And there will be games galore. <laughs> because we're obsessed with games. <laughs> so clear out some space, get your outfits ready, buy Disco Ball or Light, and drop us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're into the play. We should also mention that there is absolutely no cover to attend. It's open to any members of those Timeless Creatives community, as well as their friends and family. For anyone who stays past the two-hour mark, you'll also have access to that after-party in our so-called chill-out tent, where open communication can occur in hushed tones. We like relaxing with you, and we'll have to keep our voices down. Obviously, if anyone passes a joint around, we're not going to narc and like, act weird about it or whatever. There are guards there, but... If any of them have dogs, they're mostly looking for bombs, not drugs. I don't even get how you could bring a bomb to a party on Zoom. Oh yeah, I must not have been thinking about Zoom then for this. It's not a sensible use of a bomb. It's a senseless waste. All bombs and missiles are useless pieces of crap. They do so much damage compared to the benefits. The downsides completely outweigh the very minimal upside they do have. I hate missiles to the point where when I see one, I completely snap. And I'm liable to act cranky, even even after a good night's rest. So, what's been going on with you since we last recorded? Anything new? Not much, not much. You? I'm good. Just chilling at home. Me too. I think a lot of us are right now. I actually had an interesting experience inside the home recently. I was breakfasting by the window. It's great for getting some natural light, but is also convenient for seeing the goings-ons out there. Did you see anything interesting happen on the other side of the window? Indubitably. In addition to seeing the trash and recycling collectors making their rounds promptly at 623, uh, I'm just amazed by the workers' accuracy and promptitude. They rarely spill and always have a smile on their face. They're like ballerinas in the sense of grace they bring to their duties. I like to watch the workers. Their passion is catching. The workers sound fantastic. I like imagining people smiling while doing what's required of them. It gives me a sense of hope going forward, given the fact that we're only beginning the quote-unquote roaring 20s. Is there a lion roaring or what? Who's roaring? Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. (laughs) What is it, a bear market out there? At times. (laughs) At times. Well, uh, I like bulls running. (laughs) They harm drunken Australian tourists with their oddly shaped horns. Not to mention Juke Byron Russell's socks off. That's right. And 
Anyway, as I was sitting by the window the other day, breakfasting, I witnessed something that pretty much killed my appetite. My landlord, who lives in the unit just above me, uh, stepped outside carrying two enormous bags of organic garbage, as well as electronic equipment that he was ready to discard. Suddenly, uh, I don't know if there was a pothole or if he merely lost his balance, but he went down. When he stood up again, it looked like he had a pretty bad scrape on his knee. He had skinned it pretty bad in the fall. On a level of 1 to 10, what level of pain do you think he was in? Probably 3 or 4. I could see it maybe developing to 4 or 5 if he doesn't treat it and infection sets in. But anyway, what about you? Anything crazy going on? Not too much. Just been chilling mostly. <laughs> Working out the huge. You? Oh, sorry. You told me. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, oh, um, hey. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know that whole termite sitch I've been dealing with lately? Oh, right. Yeah, you have termites. Oh, that's such a bummer, Jay. My God. I would hate to switch shoes for a day with you. And normally I would love to switch shoes with you. I mean, it's just for a day and I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded. I'd certainly hope you'd be open-minded if you were me for the day. Because I do some weird crap, my man. <laughs> I hope you'd be game. <laughs> you mean I have to do all that? Yep. You have to do all the weird stuff I do. Uh, I'm so weird that I staple carpet to the ceiling and try to convince others that they're upside down to their chagrin. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So what were you saying about the termites exactly? I've been researching all the ways to deal with termites as well as lots of information about these animals. They don't breastfeed. Actually, they refuse to breastfeed. Oh. So that's how they're able to reproduce and multiply so fast. They don't have a long weaning off period to deal with for their young'uns. Yes. Normally, infants spend a few months to a few years transitioning from nipples to bottle-based systems. Obviously, yeah, like, this isn't always the smoothest phase as spills do occur, and drool isn't exactly out of the question either. At around three to four weeks of age, mother termites begin pushing their own babies away when they try to feed. Heartbreaking, right? Wrong. This is a normal, time-tested tradition that has lasted centuries. Mother termites know exactly the appropriate time for their babies to go from their breast to a, a sippy cup. Of course, but why exactly are you doing so much research on that particular animal? Were you lost in a wiki wormhole? <laughs> or do you have some, I don't know, some personal connection to, well, termites? I thought I did. It turns out I did all this research. For nothing. 
So you know how I have my bed leaned up right against my wall, right? Oh, yeah. It's right up in there. Sort of like nestled against it, huh? Yep. Well, it's kind of a funny story. Okay. What happened was I, I was, funnily enough, I was scratching the walls in my sleep, I guess. I, I think what happened, I was unconscious and going right up to the wall and scratching it so vigorously that it's actually causing significant damage. That's cool that you don't actually need termites. You can kind of simulate termites in a much safer manner by just having the right kinds of dreams. Yep. Ooh, uh, I've been meaning to ask you uh, real quick. Um, what kinds of dreams have you been having lately? Um, I guess I've been dreaming about scratching like a really huge animal every night. Oh, uh, yeah, like the blue whale. That could work. I mean, that's, that's the equivalent of two city buses put together. And it's actually longer than an NBA basketball court. They can weigh up to 200 tons. That's about, or pretty much about, eight DC-9 aircrafts or maybe 15 school buses. Damn. Yep. That sounds like my recent dreams. It's ironic, really. I originally thought the wall issues were related to one of the world's smallest animals, but but here the real issue comes from the actual world's biggest animal. Whoa. There's an additional layer of irony here, too, that I just thought of. This is an onion of, honestly, epic proportions. I mean, most dudes your age go to bed dreaming of playing b-ball on an NBA basketball court. Yet, here you are, on the other hand, you go to bed dreaming about something even longer, even bigger than a basketball court. In a way, I don't know, you seem to dream far more ambitiously than most young adult men. And I think that really does deserve to be recognized at this time. It's all good. I don't really need to be recognized. Even if it takes another 30 or so years, whatever. I'm down to just sit back, relax, and watch the show. Yeah, we're, we're aware that our particular flavor is not the number one bestseller on Katy Perry's iPod, but when the world changes, which it inevitably will and is constantly, we'll be ready and waiting. But it's not even waiting for us because we like what we do. We feel passionate about all of the words mentioned on this podcast and get something out of uttering them. For that, we thank the recording software company and all the other folks in the back doing all the hard work. And by the way, one last shout out to Eckhart Lowell and Sven Gunderson. Thank you. Thank you one and all. And especially Eckhart Lowell and Sven Gunderson. Our work is a great way to pass the time during the aging process. I seriously don't know what else I would do. Monopoly gets old pretty fast and usually ends in an argument. Better to just do some creative stuff while getting older. We love writing. And performing. And editing and acting.
acting and dancing, <laughs> anything that'll put a smile on someone's face, even if it causes damage to the structure of our own physical bodies. We're like evil Knievel's weird grandsons, and we're ready to rock and to work. And you know who else is ready to rock? Mitch Grassi! Woohoo! Oh, oh yeah. yeah! It's your birthday. birthday. Gonna party like it's, it's your, your birthday. birthday. Mitch Grassi like it's your birthday. Oh yeah! <laughs> Mitchell Kobe Michael Grassi is an American countertenor slash tenor singer and musician from Arlington, Texas, who came to international attention as the founder and performer of two groups, the Quintet Acapella Collective, Pentatonics, and the duo Superfruit. As of May 2019, Pentatonix has released 10 albums, including two number ones, have had four songs in the Billboard Hot 100, and won three Grammy Awards as, and now I quote, the first acapella group to achieve mainstream success in the modern market. As of 2012, Grassi lives in Hollywood, California. Hey, Mitch. Mitch, what's good? Welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you guys hear me? Is this working? Yeah, we hear you just fine. What's wrong? Yes, is there something wrong with the mic? Yeah, I was just worried the mic might not be working properly. I stuck some gum on top of the mic earlier. Oh no, why'd you do that? I don't know, I was just in a bad mood. Feeling fidgety, maybe? I guess I took it out on the mic and now I regret it, but if it's working fine, it's no biggie. Oh, that's good. I'm glad it's no biggie. I understand what it means to feel angry. It's better to take things out on an inanimate object than to hurt others. No, Mitch. It is a big deal. We've come over this. If you are feeling fidgety, irritable, or fussy, text me. We can do breath work as well as play different games. Yeah, games. I can screen share on Zoom. What are good games in the stress buster category that you two like to play? Um, well, I suppose Fortnite Battle Royale can do the trick. You'd think it would elevate cortisol because it's such a tense game, but the spirit of play has a way of helping me get out of my head and into my heart. Hmm. I'm glad that Fortnite has such positive effects on your mood, but, but like, what puts you in a mood in the first place? It's nice to benefit from games, but ideally you'd play them because you value them in and of themselves, not just as a mood correctional tool. The games have inherent value. It's recommended, even commendable, to turn to them when you're feeling down, but they're actually even more enjoyable when you're already feeling great. Absolutely. As you know, I'm a huge fan of this podcast. After listening to episode one, I was in such a good place physically and psychosocially that I played Fortnite to the wee hours of the night. 
I broke several records and busted a move to the floss, the robot, and some cool new dance I made up myself. I think it's going to get pretty popular. You're not just going to mention that and not show us, are you? <sighs> Hold up. Okay, ready? What the? Oh! Oh! What the? That was legit. That That was legitimate. legitimate. (laughs) It's no biggie. I'm glad you guys can appreciate my dance moves because not everyone does. And that's actually part of why I was in a bad mood earlier. I felt deeply unappreciated by the local wildlife in my community a couple days back. I just can't get this crappy taste out of my mouth. Well, what do you mean? Now, Mitch, as I mentioned before, just text me. But now that we're talking, maybe now is a good time, actually. In fact, don't text, just tell us. Vent, rant, whatever it takes. Release the valves and tell us all the toxic tales. We're here for you, my friend. (sighs) Okay, here goes. Now this should be pretty damn cathartic. (laughs) Who knew I'd be getting therapy from those timeless creatives? (laughs) (laughs) We are like therapy. (laughs) The other day, some Twitter user DM'd me and said, Hey, when's the next episode dropping? I need my medicine. Holy crap. I heard alternative medicines are almost going mainstream. Are you saying our podcast is going to fall into the category of alternative medicine any day now? Yep. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I can get used to this. (laughs) So, the local wildlife. Well, it wasn't exactly wild. It was technically a domesticated exotic bird. The colorful parrot. It was the property of a building I was in. So I was resting in the building, minding my own business, playing a game. Whatever, it's kind of an embarrassing game, so no need to say what it is. All good, all good. The lobby I was relaxing in had a pretty huge jug of chilled water with lemon and cucumber. Oh, and strawberries. (laughs) But... Yeah, I was heading to get a glass of this stuff, but was so engrossed in the game that I was, I was paying more attention to my high score than I was to the texture and layout of the ground. Ooh. Ooh, is right. My spatial recognition was acting topsy-turvy, like Momo drunk at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real image. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My foot entered a pothole and got snagged on the outer edge. Now, this did a major number on my balance. Anyone watching me try to write myself would have thought I was dancing, and not necessarily the cool new move you guys saw earlier, but something humiliating and utterly cringeworthy. Oh, I can see it now. So, did you end up falling flat on your face, or not? Not. Oh, so your arms must have broken the fall. One of the neat things about arms is when they're properly used, they prevent folks like us from getting our bodies damaged in a lobby. True, true. Well, there was no physical damage per se, but remember back when I said this lobby had a parrot? 
yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, when I was very small, I used to think talking to animals was something that could only happen in my dreams. But here I was being talked to by a parrot of all things. Well, well, what was your feathered friend saying? It was not being a good friend toward me. Unlike you guys who are great friends. Oh, whoa. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, the parrot was very much unlike you two. It had quote-unquote issues, or I think it had quote-unquote issues, and needed to go to some anger management classes. Basically, when the animal viewed my mishap from its cage, it put me down in such a cutting way that I, I felt my ego bruising for hours on end. I mean, I'm still talking about it right now. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's okay. This podcast is like therapy for you. Now, what did this tropical nut job say to you anyway? It watched me catch my balance, and then it uttered one little word. Brutal. And that's when it really sank in for me how pathetic I must have seemed to this rat with wings. Yeah, parrots are like rats with wings. Albeit slightly more colorful rats with wings than the pigeons that dominate NYC sidewalks. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, I just want to say, Mitch, I'm so sorry to hear this. Mm -hmm. But you're strong. And I know you can get past this. Plus, obviously, this was nothing more than a projection from this bird's mind. They don't call them bird brains for no reason. You know this. <laughs> Plus, this bird was obviously having a horrible day in its own right. If it was happy and feeling joy in its own life, it wouldn't have said brutal. It might have said, Aw, can I help you in any way? So, take this bird's callous remark with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's true. It's helpful sometimes to get out of my head and think about what others are going through. Everyone on this planet is living out their own private tragedies. It's helpful to think about that. Yeah, I mean, based off of all the posts I see on Facebook, everyone seems like they're going through the ringer right now. Which brings us to our next little topic. Is Facebook still an excellent place? Or is it on the decline? Still with us? Yep, I'm here. I'm here. You know, I think I might just listen in on this topic. I feel very little emotion. I'm just about 100% dispassionate about this topic. I hope that's all good. All good. Not a problem. It's actually refreshing and inspiring that you're saying this right now. So, Jay, Facebook. I know you're still on it, but do you think it's gotten worse? I'm interested in hearing from you about this. It's changing all the time in the last three years. Yeah, I, I miss old Facebook, but I sure do like these new features. 
Hmm. Hmm. So, Jay, you sort of have a, a nuanced perspective on this issue. Well, of course. Would you expect anything less from me? <laughs> I got my own fang going on over here. But what about you? What's your position? And it doesn't have to be nuanced. It's fine if it's not. I think it's straight up gotten bad. Facebook used to be a good way to pass the hours. And if you had like four or five hours free in the day, you could just go on Facebook and they'd be over in no time. Now, I I still technically can spend four or five hours on there, but it feels like I'm just forcing myself the whole time. And I'm very conscious of the ticking of the clock. I never seem to enter a flow state. Huh. Well, it it helps to have a movie open in another window. Perhaps The Revenant, which clocks in at a whopping 2 hours and 36 minutes, would help you browse Facebook for a significant portion of your day. Okay, to be honest, I don't get what all the hubbub is about when it comes to Facebook this, Facebook that. Why not just go on YouTube? YouTube is an alternative social media website taking the world by storm, and it's continually improving. Starting from humble origins with the very first video that was posted on 23 April 2005, YouTube now has over 1,300,000,000 users, with as much as 70% of video consumption occurring on mobile devices. In fact, 8 out of every 10 people aged 18 to 49 watches YouTube every month. Whoa. Yeah, and unlike Facebook, you can post videos there as well. So it's an opportunity to be creative and let your freak flag fly. Something you two would likely be down for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're a very creative person. If you could post any video, what would it be and why? Mm, I'd probably post something with singing in it. I don't know, a few friends with huge smiles on their faces singing along to some wonderful song. That's outstanding. I, I wonder if we could, like, I don't know, like have a, a sing-along sometime or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I'll just quiet down right now. <laughs> Matthew, don't <laughs> be silly. I would love to engage in a sing-along right here, right now with all three of us. Now, I've been practicing row, row, row your boat a bunch lately. What do you say, fellas? We could do a round. And one, two, three, four. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Gently down the stream. Row, row, row row your your boat gently down the stream. You got it. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. That was wonderful. Oh, thanks so much for singing with me, guys. I like singing with you. And I want to do it again, whenever it's convenient for everyone involved in the song. Great. I think I'm going to get a tattoo to commemorate the sing-along. It'll be on my lower back and kind of in a style reminiscent of the Spanish visual artist Pablo Picasso. It'll be all of our smiling faces just singing there on my lower back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Matthew, 
Are you sure you want to make such a major life decision and put quote unquote ink on your skin? Yeah. As your buddies, Mitch and I are pretty serious, RN. We want to make sure you have fully processed this before you enter the parlor and sign the lifetime contract with a, frankly, Lucifer-esque tattoo artist. You guys, I've been thinking about this for ages. I never subscribed to that whole body is a temple crap. My body is my playground. And tattoos are like graffiti, which can be an art form, by the way. It's how I express myself, or at least how the tattoo artist expresses themselves on me. That's lit. So you've actually put a lot of thought into this. Seems like you have your own little philosophy going. (laughs) Nice. Tats can be a visual barrier to some. Okay, let's say... I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's say you make friends with this new girl. Maybe her name's Sandra. Sandra wants to see a certain skin patch on your body, but the ink blocks the path of her eye and results are mixed at best. Yep, but it wouldn't be half bad. Sandra would get to look at our cute mugs all over his lower back. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I'll... Just have to think about it over the next few days and maybe discuss it with a slew of other trusted friends and advisors, maybe. Great. Anything to plug, Mitch? Hmm. Well, I'm working on an album, but I don't have dates yet. The current situation makes it a little difficult to say anything concrete. But I love my fans, and I want you to rest assured that I'm busting my butt for y'all. Cool. Well... Do you have any cool plans for the week or weekend? Well, I've been wanting to take the time to really finally learn how to cook everything. But my kitchen does need a new paint job, and I'm finding that repainting the kitchen conflicts with the long-lost art of being an excellent chef. Yes. One can imagine the fumes arising off the paint can be a major buzzkill for your tummy. And boiling spaghetti sauce can create steam, which would affect the paint's ability to dry in a timely manner. Yes, it's been a major nuisance for me. I guess I'll have to choose between the two activities and prioritize based on what I want more. I'll have to decide if I want to repaint the kitchen first and then start cooking, or master a few fundamental dishes and then commit to a new paint job. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Awesome. Well, please do, and Keep us posted as these thoughts continue to evolve. Yeah, either way, be sure to send us pictures of the kitchen or any delectable dish you conjure up. Yes, you're so talented in so many arenas. I can only imagine that a Mitch Grassi souffle would taste at least pretty decent, if not melt in my mouth. Mm. Boys, stop it. We've long evolved past the need for flattery. All you're really doing is making my cheeks rosy and inflamed. The blood will exit soon, but it's still a pain in the butt. Well, we love you, Mitch. No flattery here. We just think you're amazing. Aw, I love you guys. Jay and Matthew, you know how to make me smile if I'm feeling blue. And, oh, you know how to reach me. 
Bye, Mitch. See you on the flip side. Peace, y'all.